0: You're listening to the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Christine, certified life coach, pain-to-power mentor, and creator of Embody You Mindset Mastery School. I'm here today to discuss living life after disease, disaster, or adversity. To discuss living life fully once again. A life of hope, peace, and resiliency. A life fully embodied. I utilize the lessons that I learned going through not one, but two primary cancers. I'm here today to guide you to the life of your dreams, turn your pain into power, and lead you back to yourself. We're ready to go so welcome 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 to my first podcast my apologies in advance for the fumbling um, I just wanted to kind of let you know a little bit about what I do who I am why you know what do I have to offer you what's the focus of the pod and everything like that and um, also a little bit about my introduction and my story so what happened and why am I here So let's start with who, um, I am a small town girl from Saskatchewan, and I have, um, been through the ringer in the last year. Um, prior to that, I was an entrepreneur of some kind. I have been, um, a yoga instructor. I've been an energy healer, jewelry designer, um, multiple different styles of careers, everything like that. Um, But more than anything, I'm truly a self-help, self-love enthusiast. So I've spent far more than 10,000 hours (laughs) researching um, the mind, the brain, humans, why we do what we do, how we can do it better, and everything like that. Um, so I truly have become an expert in my field. I didn't really realize it until I started into this cancer journey, which by the way, I did not expect. I did not see coming. Um, but that's when it really showed up. That's when I was noticing like, Oh my gosh, everything that I learned is truly falling into place here. And it's truly helping me through this process. And that, um, has been so freeing. So, so freeing. <laughs> um, and uh, before we get into the story, I was going to let you know kind of a little bit about the focus of this pod. So, what I want to do going forward, now that I've learned so much and kind of like stepped into truly my power and who I am as a person, then I I decided that I was going to create a podcast about living free. And what I mean by living free is, you know, that constant chatter in the back of your head that makes you feel like you're almost sort of bound to, um, this crazed version of yourself that's just listening all the time, um... That is what I want to help people to get rid of, is is just this chatter that just tells us that we aren't enough and tells us that, you know, oh, worry about this and, and, you know, this person slighted me or or the opposite, I slighted this person or whatever. And, you know, when you go through a cancer journey like I have gone through, you you truly realize that just... There's so much that we do to harm ourselves and so little that we do to proactively just enjoy our damn lives. Oh, by the way, I swear in this podcast, I hope that's appropriate. Well, I mean, it probably isn't appropriate, but that's okay because you can choose to stop the podcast if you don't like swearing. Um, not big swears, don't worry, just like damn and shit, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> anyway... So, okay. So, moving on from this topic. Sorry, I needed some coffee. Okay. So, moving on from this topic. My story. Okay. So, right now, I am recording this in April 2021. And in July 2020, I was laying in bed and it was just the way that I looked at my husband that I noticed this divot um, in my breast. So I I could physically see breast tissue pulling down towards my body in a certain spot. And I was like, what in the heck is this? See, not that bad on the swears. Moving on. So... Um, I saw that, and I, what the heck is this? So then I felt around, lo and behold, huge lump. Like, I, like those really big gobstoppers when you were a kid, Um, totally dating myself, but you know, the really big ones, (laughs) like that. (laughs) Um, So yeah, panic-stricken, of course. How the hell did I not notice this? all of that sort of stuff, told my husband. Um, He was like, oh, I'm sure it's just a cyst, like it's gonna be fine, Um, blah, blah, blah. He went to sleep. I bawled my eyes out for hours. More coffee, one second. Okay, so then um, after all of that, um, I booked my appointment, blah blah blah. They were like, Yeah, no, you're good. Everything's fine. I'm sure it's just a cyst, also. And, um, we'll send you for an ultrasound just to be sure. Which, I mean, thank you to that doctor for lying, looking back at it, because wow, um, that was a kindness and there's no way that it wasn't. Um, did my ultrasound, then the ultrasound tech was like, okay, we're going to do a mammogram. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound good. More tests is never good. And after that, um, the doctor comes in and he says, Christine, it's not benign. And when you hear something like that, That moment in the movies where kind of everything starts to hiss, but you can't, you can see the doctor's mouth moving, but you can't hear what he's saying. That is exactly what happened. I don't recall most of that day. (laughs) I do recall walking out to my car and finding a ticket (laughs) on my windshield and being like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, damn that parking attendant. <laughs> but all jokes aside, um, I, I... It was a whirlwind after that. You know, just of tests and doctors and confirming and not confirming and just all of that. And it was terrifying. And um, the... Uh, scans that needed to be done and everything like that. We, um, I got them all back in, on August the, I want to say 8th. Um, and that's when the doctor called me and confirmed like, this is what cancer you have and this is what we're going to do about it. So we decided on, um, five months of, uh, neoadju- neoadjuvant chemo, followed by surgery, followed by four weeks of radiation. And like, what you got to know about me is that I'm not the type of person to, um, agree with medical paradigms and to, um, agree with pills and surgery and all this sort of stuff like I'm very much the lifestyle type of person I always thought like if I get cancer someday um you know not that not it like not that I expected it by any means but like you know we one asks themselves like if I ever get cancer someday I would do this and for me I believed that I would totally be that person to be like you know screw the medical system, I'm not doing any of that crap, I'm going to eat super healthy, move to Mexico, and, you know, heal myself from the inside out. And I thought I was gonna be that person. But when someone tells you like, hey, we can we can heal you, it's gonna suck. <laughs> but like, you got like a 70% chance of of living if you do treatment, I was like, give me the drugs. <laughs> and like, like I said, I did not expect myself to be that kind of person at all. So this was a huge paradigm shift for me. It was very difficult. And by was, I mean is. Like to this day, I still am like, uh, thank the drugs. Please thank the drugs. But like most of the time I'm thinking like stupid chemicals in my system. <laughs> but. I digress. Um so we um discussed to start chemo on September the 8th. And I um I I like the first thing I did is I went and got a naturopath and I went and got a um uh, clairvoyant to help me out, um, with kind of some of my, some of the path that way. And I, and, um, you know, notify my boss. I was working at a health food store at the time. Lucky, lucky. And, um, you know, she opted to help me, you know, with her years and years of education, um, to, uh, find health as well. So yeah, so we started, we started assembling a team naturopath um, who is amazing and if you are from Saskatchewan and dealing with cancer please hit me up on my social media and ask me whom my naturopath is because this woman saved my life Um, okay so we're so she's dr. K Um, dr. K said to me okay so here's what we're gonna do we're gonna do Um, five months of vitamin C treatments alongside your um, chemotherapy treatments. And what vitamin C treatments are gonna do is they are going to sensitize the chemo to work better, as well as they're going to protect your healthy tissues, which was music to my ears, you guys. Um, Because I'm very much the type of person who I just want to protect the health of my body and over and over and over again I want to protect the health of my body and that's what I'm going to help you do too going forward okay so but in this instance this is what I needed that is what I needed to hear so I was like okay cool let's do it how much it's just like 400 dollars a week I'm like oh my god okay okay yeah all right. right we'll, we'll figure it out And then I said, okay, so what other treatments should we do? She said, we're going to do hyperthermia twice a week. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. What's hyperthermia? And that is, um, kind of like a super, super gentle radiation. It's slightly heating the tissues just to the temperature, um, that cancer cells freak out and healthy cells are just warm and cozy and um that also sensitizes the tissues it just kind of like it oxygenates the tissues to the max is the idea of hyperthermia um it's like going for a 30 minute walk every single day so i was like okay so you know what what do we need to do here um you know how much is this and she and she's like yeah for sure so we'll do it twice a week it's 400 dollars every time so eight hundred dollars a week okay holy moly i'm like okay okay all right um we'll have to think about that one and then she said okay and then we'll do mistletoe that's 200 dollars a month and then we're gonna do supplements and we're gonna do a lot of supplements and that's gonna cost you roughly i don't know like looking back on it maybe like a month So ergo me starting to panic because the thing that I want to do more than anything else in the world is crazy Expensive, but it's going to save my body. It's going to help the chemo work better It's going to prevent reoccurrence all these things Um, and then the you know the medical system which you know, yay, Canada Um, is going to be paid for in full, except for you're going to suffer hard and your body is going to get drilled down to nothing. So I'm like, what do I do? Um, talk to some friends, talk to some family. And I was like, I think I'm just going to have to do it. Like we're going to have to dig into our savings. You know, we're going to, we're going to get this going because like, you know, life's more important. Right. And one of my, um, cousins, she amazing woman she said you know let's start a GoFundMe so she did and that's when my healing journey really began because you know there was all this fear and everything like that there's all this fear and everything like that and I am so scared and so not ready for this (laughs) And you know like there's pokes and prods and all this sort of stuff and in the midst of all of this something beautiful was born love I Had an outpouring of love when everybody found out Because I mean like in order to set up a GoFundMe you obviously have to tell everybody. Hey P.S. everyone <laughs> I have cancer <laughs> and that step was huge because i just had messages and donations and messages and donations and calls and flowers and gifts and cards and you know you name it and this person who i who i was which was you know in my opinion a very balanced very educated person from years of self work However, there was this fear of not enoughness. There was this, you know, fear that, um, I'm not loved. Uh, there was this fear, you know, that there was so much in life that I just, you know, was just falling short on, right? You know, small town girl from Saskatchewan, who am I? And that sort of syndrome. And, um... I became the most loved person that I've ever met (laughs) and that sets you free you know when you just realize like holy moly you are so much more special to people than you gave yourself credit for and you know here's your proof here's your proof that you are unstoppable you know and that was it was so beautiful yeah, so what we ended up doing was funding exactly the amount that I needed in order to get through my five months of chemotherapy um, with joy, ease, um, health, most importantly, and you know, this feeling of love coming into it. So I was ready. Let's do this. The next five months were not easy. That um, metaphor of chemo being like, like boating yourself to out to an island with no, you know, food, water, um, love, health, social connection, anything, that felt so real to me. You know, on lonely island um on my little dinghy completely alone and i mean to boot very important that we that we mention here that um getting cancer in a pandemic sucks a lot <laughs> because um You know, there was no casseroles. There was no um, people showing up and cleaning my house. You know, there was no, um, you know, visitors to help me feel better. There was lots of video calls and there was lots of like, you know, gifts and that sort of thing. So don't get me wrong. I had an outpouring of love. Yes. Um, But I was missing that social aspect, that hugging, that thing, you know, that stuff that I really needed. Um, So that was rough. But uh, they were really hard months and, you know, irregardless of all of the health um, that uh, I had coming in from my naturopathic, I still ended up very sick. And you know what? The reason that I ended up very sick was because we, um, we sensitized the tissues to the chemo. And that was really important to do because um, we needed the chemo to work better, you know, and that made the side effects to some degree a little worse you know a little better in some places and a little worse in others and you know that's all part of it right um that was that breakdown before the change which we will talk about in another episode or in another many episodes um talking about discomfort before growth so yeah so that was uncomfortable and that was hard and that, and that's what it needed to be was uncomfortable and hard because you cannot become the superhero that you want to become, um, you know, by sitting back and, you know, just becoming, (laughs) there's going to be a breakdown. Um, and, uh, that's what that was for me, was that breakdown. So, okay. So the chemo finished most beautiful day of my life you know coming in and saying like this is the end of it at that point I was a shamble of a human being you guys like I was so sore I had sores in every place imaginable like I felt like I was you know one of those um you know victims of some type of plague in the movies like you see um by the end of it, I was, I was a shamble of a human being. Um, yeah. And then, and then I started some healing, you know, I, uh, kind of jumped back into some walking and, um, eating really well and, you know, more, more supplements and change up with my, with my naturopathic and that sort of stuff. Um, and that sort of thing. So by the time we got to surgery, I was feeling quite well. Like I was kind of like, oh yeah, the worst is behind me. Let's move on. So yeah. So I was so scared coming into my breast surgery. I had no idea what was going to happen. Um, you know, they just they you know no one educates you on on these steps, <laughs> you know, what's, what's your, what's chemo look like, what's, um, surgery look like, um, and everything like that. And so coming into surgery, I had just finished, um, weekly chemotherapy. I had twice a week vitamin C IV treatments. Like I have had, I've had needles three to four times a week for five months. And so like, I'm thinking I know pain at this point, right? You know, and um, coming into the surgery, I was so scared because I just didn't know what to expect. And I didn't know, like, I wasn't so scared of pain, but I was really scared of what is my breast going to look like? You know, what's my body going to look like? Like, you know, at this point, like I had um you know i was swollen and had gained weight from from you know these procedures and just feeling so ill and you know my skin was you know still kind of gray and everything like that and now they're telling me that they're going to cut up my boob and i'm like oh my god like can this get any worse can you rob a woman of what makes a woman a woman anymore right and You know, but I just went back to trust over and over again through this whole process. I just went back to trust. I went back to my self work. Like, you know, life is for me, not to me. There's got to be something in this, right? Um, Which we'll talk about on another episode as well. Life is not for me. Sorry, is not to me. It is for me. Yeah. So, um, we moved into my, uh, breast surgery. I came out and they had, they had kept almost all of my breast tissue. So I got to keep my boobs. You guys, that was huge. Um, they did the, they did a lymph node removal so I couldn't feel my arm and yeah and and the first thing i asked my husband was like do i still have boobs (laughs) and he goes yes sweetie you still have boobs i'm like oh my god thank god burst into tears so happy (laughs) you would have who would have thought you know like you spend your whole life just like well not i don't know about you, um, but it depends on depends on who you are and who who the listener is. But um, you spend so much of your life critiquing your body, especially if you're a woman, and and you know wishing, oh, I wish I had bigger boobs. I wish you know, I wish they were more together or whatever. You know, I wish I was slimmer. I wish I was all. I wish I was. I wish I was. And then someone tells you that your boobs are exactly the way that they were before, and it's just like. <laughs> you feel like a supermodel you're like yes <laughs> so you know also very freeing love that yeah so um after that it was you know it was painful um but you know at that point it felt like pain was an old friend uh it wasn't too bad you know the lymph node removal was painful on the back of the arm um it was difficult to do medial tasks but you know we popped back into physio and uh we were able to get some health back into my body fairly quickly so it took two three weeks you know for those of you who are going into your cancer journey two three weeks before i was feeling um pretty good um you know I would say quite well. You know, I was going for daily walks and everything was pretty good. And one thing that I haven't told you guys throughout this entire journey, um wait for it, is about month one into my chemo, we did a scan where they found out that there was a nodule on my lung who so yeah so we found out about this nodule and um stage four was the first thing that popped into our head okay so this was not an early caught cancer um we knew it to be stage three um stage three c as far as we knew because of the size of the tumor lemon-sized tumor um that was connected to lymph node involvement. So we knew it was very close to stage four already. And then we find this lung nodule. So of course, panic, right? Um, And, you know, that sat in the back of my mind for ever, you know, every moment of every day, I'm just wondering like, oh my God, do I have stage four? Um, to give you some background, um, you know, they, ca- they call stage four a non-curative cancer or they call it an end stage cancer. Now, very important for those of you that are listening to my podcast right now, who, uh, um, who have been through your cancer journey and are worried about stage four, that stage four from a doctor's perspective is those things, from the um, alternative health perspective is not those things, okay? So if you're facing a stage four, do not panic, okay? I understand that I'm saying that while I was panicking, um, but, you know, this is what we do. We are human and we, we get scared for these types of things. So, okay. So moving forward from there, don't worry, we're almost done. (laughs) I decided that um, we would get it tested and everything like that. We checked into it um, and we did test after test and each test kept failing. So we didn't get enough cells or, you know, whatever the machine was malfunctioning that day or whatever else. So I thought there's got to be something to this that we're just we keep failing. And so then let's fast forward to surgery. They're like, what do you want to do with the lung nodule? Well, we still don't know what it is. And I was like, take it. Like, let's get it out. You know, I can handle it. At this point, you're starting to develop a little bit of a superhero complex. You're like, okay, like if you think I'm scared of pain, you are wrong. <laughs> it's, this, is, this is a daily thing. I'm fine. And anyway, so, uh, I said, take it, let's take it out. So the surgeons were, you know, we prepared, we got it ready. And within three and a half weeks after my breast surgery, I'm back in the hospital and we're taking this lung nodule out. And to say that it was the scariest, um, period of my life, To date is an understatement because what happened next is um, when I went in for the surgery you know of course I was really nervous when I came out um, the pain medication that they had given me for whatever reason um, it did not work for me and when I say did not work, I mean as if I was on no pain medication. And when you come out of a major lung surgery on what feels like no pain medication, your vitals go out of whack. You know, you your body is in extreme distress mode. Um, you are sipping for air. Your heart is going at like what feels like actually a mile a minute. Um, there's a tightening in your chest a pain response and it feels you know as if as if you're going to die you know and I remember the nurses telling me like calm down calm down it's going to be okay um but you know you think back to the movies and that's what somebody tells you when you're about to die so I I didn't believe them you know I panicked and I kept panicking and I was in um, distress for an hour and a half. Um, I stopped breathing uh, a couple of times. I uh, My oxygen level was in dangerous levels. And like I said, I was just in so much pain. And I believed that I was going to die. And when... When you have what feels like, now of course I know now that I was safe. I'm aware of that. But when you have what feels like a near-death experience and not just near, like death's door experience, something shifts in you. You become different as a person, otherworldly as a person. And I cannot describe to you how it happened, but old me died that day. And this new person sees the world so much differently. So this is why I bring this podcast to you, because I've got so much to say after that experience, and I want to share it with you. So after that, it took some time. That one took some time to heal from. It sure did. Um... And you know, mainly it was the mental aspect, um, more than anything, you know, this, this this disintegrating of who old me was and who this, you know, new me looks like. And that took some time. That took a lot of time. You know, and uh um the, you know, and, and that's still taking time at times, right? And, you know, I did heal physically. My body did heal. And, um, yeah, and then, and that's where we are now, actually. I started my podcast preemptive. I'm not finished. Um, I'm technically in remission as far as we know which is why I started, decided to start a podcast. Um, nothing has been, you know, confirmed, confirmed yet. I haven't rang any bells or, uh, popped any bottles of Don Perignon just yet. So stay tuned for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, but as far as we know, I'm in remission. Okay. So I decided to start a podcast to, uh, get going on, you know, the rest of my life. From here, we've got four weeks of radiation treatments to do. So we're going to get started on four weeks of radiation treatments on the breast while we do more testing to make sure we're just making sure that um, everything is all good with the lung nodule. Because... um, as it turns out, you won't believe it. Um, I didn't believe it. I had to Google. You know, can pathology make mistakes? And turns out, no. Um, it looks like we've just recently gotten the the pathology back on the lung. It looks like it is a primary cancer. Whoa! So what? That means is that I do not have stage four, so that's a reason to celebrate. Instead, I have, sorry, let me clarify, had, had two primary cancers, lung cancer and breast cancer. So what does that mean? Well, we don't know. We don't know yet why I had two. But I'll tell you what I think it means. What I think it means is that I have been truly blessed by divine timing. That I am one lucky SOB because if I wouldn't have had breast cancer such aggressive breast cancer, so late in the game that I caught it. We would not have found this lung nodule, number one. We would not have feared it, even if we did find it, because I'm 32 years old, extremely healthy, exercise, you know, eating well, the whole gambit. I do not smoke. I have never smoked. I have no reason to see lung cancer as a possibility. So we would have missed it. You guys, we would have missed it. So everything aligned because life does not happen to you. It happens for you. And what happened for me, oddly enough, was stage three breast cancer. Because the reason that we were able to catch stage one lung cancer so early to the point where we could remove it in its entirety is because of the breast cancer, okay? So what a blessing. And that is truly the way that I see this. I have no idea why I have lung cancer, or sorry, had had lung cancer (laughs) um I have no idea why that came to pass and I will eventually find out because everything is again is is for you not to you I will eventually find out but um yeah we're gonna get this all figured out but what a blessing how beautiful is this world um that this divine timing would save my life you know um, we wouldn't have known until it was too late and that is the truth that is the honest to god truth we would not have known so breast cancer saved my life and that is another reason why I am starting this podcast why I am wanting to let you all know how you can live life more freely because I've been given a second chance and I'm not going to squander it. I'm going to to share the expansion that I can give the world and you're going to listen to it. And you know what? You're either going to love it or you're not. And that's fine. But I'm going to keep telling you and I'm going to keep telling you and I'm going to keep telling you. I'm going to create so much expansion for you if you want to tune in and keep listening. So where are we at? Let's wrap this up. We are starting four weeks of radiation therapy for the breast. We do not need to radiate the lung, and the reason that we don't is because we caught it so early. Thank you, blessing. And then we're done. Then I'm ringing that bell, and I cannot wait for all of this to be um, a lesson and a thing of the past. Um, I do not identify as a battler. I do not identify as a survivor. And you know what? I'm, if you are listening in because you are going through your cancer journey, then please, please do not, um, think that I think that survivor or battle are bad words. If they fit for you, just use them. Um, But for me, I do not identify as a survivor or a battler. And the reason that I do not is because this came to me as a way to free me, as a way to free my life and my journey. And So for that reason, I am a lesson learner. That's what this cancer was for, Um, was is it gonna make me better or is it gonna make me bitter? And like I said in the beginning of this podcast, I truly believe that it has made me better. So that is my story, everyone. I am so excited to, um, in a later podcast, be uh, let you know the good news that everything is done and over and that it is completely behind me. For now, we're just gonna dive into the work. So we're gonna dive into living more freely. Um, you know, getting cozy with discomfort, You know, break down for the change. Everything like that. We're gonna we're gonna get into this, okay? Um, and it's gonna be a couple episodes, um, a month. I am very much not the person to structure myself into anything. One of my core values is freedom. So one of my podcasts will just pop up um, and you can check up check back into it. But I would say approximately one a week is what we're looking at here, okay. And they will be much shorter than this podcast. So thank you so much for um, listening to listening into my story. and I hope that you have found something beautiful in it. And I hope that I have been able to, you know, shake away some of the cobwebs already for you, um, in your journey to living more free and you. If you are just kind of joining in, um, and this is the start of your cancer journey, or if this is the start of your fibromyalgia journey, or if this is the start of your, you know, mental journey or whatever, just know that this podcast is for you. If you have no journey at all, and you have decided that you want to just learn from everything that, you know, I've been through that I can, I can help aid you in uh, a journey that has more ease and more joy, then this podcast is for you. Okay, so you do not need to be a cancer survivor. That is not um, the target audience um, that I that I'm wanting to work with. But that being said, if you are going through your cancer journey then know that i am here for you um you're welcome to reach out to me on social media and i would be happy to kind of guide you along on some of some of the different things that um, i've been through Um, i eventually will be creating a master class so this will um eventually be a thing that is available to you of course this is april of 2021 and if this could be years down the road that you are listening to this podcast so there may at that point be a masterclass available to you to help you through your cancer journey. We will see this is going to grow and grow and grow. And I cannot wait to see, um, you know, what's in store for me and for you and everything like that. So we're going to go on this journey together. Okay. So thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, tuning in to my podcast. Thank you for creating space. For listening to my journey um, and being vulnerable and listening and everything like that. You are amazing. You are beautiful. You are far more powerful than you are even aware of at all just yet. So, we are going to dive into the work moving forward from all of these podcasts. So, a little bit less about me and a little bit more about you. I wish you all so, so much love today. Um, I wish you to take a moment some at some point during this day and think to yourselves, you know, how blessed you are to be so, you know, healthy or not healthy or whatever it is, but to find a blessing today. And yeah, truly go out there. Find gratitude, find blessings, and know that life is very much for you, not to you, okay? So, so much love to you all. We are looking forward to the following podcast from now. And go out there and live free. Okay. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening. If you found expansion with this last episode, then that means that others will too. And the best way to get the word out about the podcast is by leaving a review. I would be so grateful if you could leave me a review and let me know how you felt about the podcast. Included in the show notes will be everything that we talked about today, including all of my transformative programs. Change is just on the horizon, my friend.